Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Touchdown in the hell! Touchdown in the hell! You freak! You monster! Touchdown, the son of a bitch! All the way to hell! Oh, my God! Uncut, uncooked, and uncensored. King Kong is climbing the Empire State Building! Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. I'm breaking the fourth wall. And what up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the fourth wall WrestleCast. Be sure to check us out right here every single Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. We're available on all major podcast platforms. That's Apple. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it, you'll find us. So check us out, search for WrestleAct Radio, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. I am your host with the most, the babyface of podcasting, J.C. Bones. And as always, I am accompanied today by my good brother, my good doctor, the resident good doctor, the bass playing, smart slaying, Cowboy boot wearing son of a gun, ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in. Hello, Bones. How are you? We have so much awesome stuff to talk about. The war is coming. I can feel it must be what like it's like on the on the eve of battle when you know a life changing battle and you know a life changing. Things about to be in front of you. It's gonna be freaking awesome. I can't wait for next week, dude. Right. Now, so is this like our season finale before the war starts? Because then next week's episode will be our season premiere. Hmm. I mean, it's this is a, a season of premieres. Right. I've, so I've never this, heard the word season premiere used so much in wrestling, in wrestling ever right? in my entire life. Yeah. Very very new way to think of it. But so I guess, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening now to the season finale. Of the fourth wall wrestlecast, and episode forty-five it's, will be the season premiere. I dig it's it. A, it's 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 a fresh start all around the industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, WWE is undoubtedly taking this whole war thing as a fresh start for all their brands, which is really cool to see. I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what next week's uh, next week's wrestling uh, schedule has to give us because I mean, we're going to have a lot of really cool stuff to talk about next week. Yeah, well, we already have a lot of cool stuff to talk about tonight, giving our takes on 
Who's going to come out victorious in this Wednesday Night Wars? But speaking of coming out victorious, everyone out there in the fourth ball fam, just so you know, it's that time of year again. It is time for the 2019 WrestleHub Wrestling Podcast Awards. That's right. And this will be the first year ever that the fourth ball WrestleCast can be nominated. So please, with your support... Please follow us on social media and follow the link that I'm going to put in the description below. And please nominate Fourth Wall WrestleCast for the following categories. Trio of the Year, Best Branded, Best Comedy, Best Informative, and Newcomer of the Year. It would mean the world to us if we won an award at the end of only our first year of being a podcast. We've been working long and hard on making this podcast a thing and what a way to end off our first year with some kind of trophy a golden microphone maybe be awesome we really appreciate all the support from all you out there in the fourth wall fam yeah Um, we do this we do this not only for ourselves but for you and our listening public so please uh give us some love if you have if you have a second yeah, and Doc, I do want to go on record. I really want to give a huge shout out to you and also to Smarky, even though he's he never really shows up too much anymore. But uh, some other time at band camp. Yeah, right. I went to band camp. <laughs> I, I got to teach band guys. I can't, I can't record. Just to no, band camp. You, you, you yeah, guys, cheers. You, you guys followed me on this pipe dream that I had and uh, came along for the ride. And I really do want to thank you guys also for making this past year year-ish or so now uh, so successful and just it's been a great time from start to finish I look forward to talking to you guys every week it's been lovely to look at you and listen to you every every single week believe it or not I, I, I mean that wholeheartedly sincerely I know you do and I know I'm very pretty to look at so I'm, I'm very easy yeah. on the eyes I've been told yeah that's what I've been told <laughs> yeah from who uh, from, from some people <laughs> But anyway, Doc, (laughs) let's get into today's show. We got a lot we want to talk about. We want to talk about everything from Seth Rollins and The Fiend to Kenny Omega's comments against NXT to the letter written by none other than Cody Rhodes and also the returning John Hennigan and potentially CM Punk. Yes, that's right, fam. I said CM Punk. Chick Magnet Punk might be returning to wrestling. The one and only Mr. Philip Brooks. So, Doc, I'm going to let you take it because you have some thoughts, and let's start off with you. Let's talk about Seth and the Fiend. Yeah, what the fuck is WWE doing after that? Once again, great ending to Raw. Another just element of the Bray Wyatt Fiend character that's that's just haunting and harrowing and viciously like frightening and we go off the air and yeah it's the same as the week before but I, I didn't mind it because it just it, it, you could just see like how serious this character is and how much of a threat this guy is like he feels like a legitimate threat to, to Seth's title even more so than the bigger Braun Strowman did and then you see reports that after Raw goes off the air Seth lays Wyatt out did WWE just assume that people were not going to post that shit to Twitter? Did they forget that social media is a thing now and you can't just have the face go over to send the fans happy? And send the fans happy. Everybody's happy with Bray Wyatt. And I hope they don't dumb this character down. 
I hope some of these reports you hear is like, oh, it might be too scary. It's supposed to be too scary, you stupid sons of bitches. That means he's doing it right. So why the fuck are we doing anything to make it look weak? I, I'm even at the point where throw the freaking title on him now. There's no reason to not have him beat Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. But then this is absolutely absurd, illogical, idiotic fucking booking. There was no reason to do that. What the fuck is WWE even thinking? Putting their hottest character in a position like that when this huge fucking time in wrestling where there's going to be actual competition again and actual like um, competition for viewership. Like, there's a whole nother wrestling program to worry about now. And you can't do stupid, illogical shit like this continuously and dumb down your best characters because you think that it doesn't fit some sort of family-friendly business model that's a stale business model in the wrestling world right now. Fucking morons. All right, first of all, I have a few things to touch on there for all that we just said. First of all, it's hysterical seeing you, of all people, Share something from fucking Wrestling Observer and Dave Meltzer going, holy shit, dude, look, look at this. Because you're, if anyone hates the fucking dirt sheets, it's Doc Haas. Yeah, but there's a fucking, there's, there's legit, like, footage of this happening. Right. Yeah, it's no, not, okay. Like, it's so, dirt. This really happened. No, no, I'm saying when you, you share the thing about, <laughs> when you share the thing about Meltzer saying how the, uh, the TV networks think that the Bray Wyatt character is too, uh, too scary. Oh, oh, you, you know, mean that? Okay, I, I find that funny. I find that hysterical. Text. First of all, well, because it's just I, I find I find it I find it typical. Like it makes sense for WWE, who's always been concerned with you know the they're the make a wishes of the world and right. the Connor's cure of the world, and they're so, so much marketing the leave, children. Still, leave Bray Wyatt on Raw and don't put him on Fox, or they can be the scary villain. But what? And I'm like when, still, I was wait a fuck, a when I was a fucking kid, I was not scared of scary villains. I wasn't right? scared of the fucking Undertaker. I thought the Undertaker was cool as fucking hell when I was seven years old. Right. But the Undertaker was portrayed to be scary, and they did all they could to portray him as scary. That's what they're doing with the Fiend. It's a fucking mask he's wearing. Who cares? People who go see the band Slipknot, Slipknot wears masks. They go, oh no, the band's too scary for me to go to go see them. No, that's fucking stupid. It's a goddamn. People watch the fucking Purge. Look at those fucking masks. That shit's I mean, that's okay to watch. What the fuck? People are just. I think it is relax. stupid, but it doesn't it doesn't worry you that the fact that Seth had this huge like fucking uh, comeback no. beat down to Bray no. after the cameras go off. No, Why? it did not. Because first of all, was Bray down and out? Bray kept getting up after four stomps, and at the end, he did what the fiend Bray Wyatt does. He disappears. So he did not look weak. He took a punishment and then left. And you know what? And why is he taking four stomps? Why is he taking four why stomps? Why not? Let him take four stomps. Because let it's him. First unnecessary. Of all, let's talk about the stomp First itself. First of all, you saved that for the fucking match. Let's talk about the stomp itself. Why is the curb stomp now? Uh, it's not a protected finisher anymore. It started back when Braun got up after three of them. And now Bray Wyatt is practically getting up after four of them. So are, are we even protecting wrestlers' finishing moves anymore? Seth's always had problems with finishers. Let's first of all, let's clear that up. He, that he, well, I think yeah, he, that just, he has. I think, I think he should just make the frog splashes finisher and call it a fucking day. But that's just me. Well, you know, 
And we're going to discuss uh, frog splashes discuss later on this later. evening. Yeah. Uh, thank you, hashtag Wade Cares, for the idea. Doc and I are going to have a fun-filled segment at the end of the show, so stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. I just don't like the idea of seeing Bray just take a beating like that. And, like, before, save the four curb stumps for the match. Save it for the match. But, but here's the thing. It wasn't on TV. Only people that were there saw it. Yes, I know social media is a thing, but you know how WWE is also. No, it never happened. Why can't they leave well enough alone? They will why do they have to insult, why did they have to insult your intelligence like that? Why do they have to insult your intelligence why, like that? Why does WWE do a lot of things, bro? Is there ever a, lo- a logical reason behind anything? Because sometimes, no. it's, sometimes it seems like they're run by fucking the dipshit brigade. That's why. Dude, it, there's no common sense in wrestling. There never has been, never will be. End of story. Well, the, well I think we're coming to a time where there needs to be fucking common sense in wrestling. Uh, and you know what? And you're right. We, it, it, it's because the fourth wall has been broken. The fourth wall has been broken legitimately. No, no pun right. intended. You know, social media is a thing. The internet is a thing. The dirt sheets are bigger now than they ever have been before. So you're right. They do have to stop insulting our intelligence and start thinking uh, thinking the way we're thinking. They have to know right off the bat, okay, once we put this out there, it's going to go on the internet or something's going to get leaked. Spoilers are going to happen. Rumors are going to be made. So you're right. They have to start thinking the way the internet thinks. You're damn fucking right. And that's why NXT's live now, mm-hmm. you know, because it had to be. They had to make that happen. Exactly. And eventually NXT UK is going to be live too. Yes, Thursday nights. Moving to Thursday nights. It's going to. Be- it's not. It's not going to. It's not live on Thursday nights, is well, it? Well, no, it can't be live Thursday nights because that, that's like it's three o'clock in well, the afternoon. Yeah. Our time is like there are eight o'clock. Right, yeah, say it would be it would be on a still it would still be on at three o'clock in the afternoon. On their right, but could they, yeah, on their time. But I mean, it's on a it's on at three o'clock in the afternoon in our time now. So okay, right. yeah, they're moving it to eight, so we can't be live. I know what you're saying, right? They're moving it to a prime time spot in the network. Right. I got you. But right. listen, but going back to to Bray and, and Seth, I definitely don't think Bray looked as weak as people are making it out to be. I think people uh, just gotta like stop him, being man. marks. I, I think I think you're, you're being a mark no. right now. No, man, I want to see his first signs of weakness in the fucking ring. God forbid we fucking and we will put it and, in the ring. And you know why we? we will? I don't want. I don't because want because we weren't there live. We only saw fucking cell phone the, footage. But it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter if you're not there live now. Everybody's got a fucking camera. Everybody can record everything now. It doesn't matter if it wasn't live. I want the mis- if you. you, you the reason, like, The Undertaker was so cool is because you didn't see that shit when in 1991 because it wasn't possible. So every time he appeared, there was mystique because you never made him look weak on TV. That motherfucker put the goddamn Ultimate Warrior in a body bag in his, like, first year of existence. All right, come on, dude. He was and, – and it was completely believable because of how he – who he was and his character – and now you have to protect that even more. And you can't have Bray Wyatt getting fucking stopped four times at the end of a fucking Raw. You want to know what has been believable? Braun Strowman as the monster among men. They are legitimately booking Braun as a fucking monster. Kicking out of the three curb stomps, getting up right after the mandible claw from the Fiend, and standing up 
to The Fiend. Braun Strowman looks strong as hell. Like, now let's talk about Braun Strowman looking strong, but also how they're portraying Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has yet to stand face-to-face with Bray Wyatt, except for what happened off air. We're talking about what's what we're seeing on air. We're talking kayfabe now. Forget what happened after the cameras went off. All right? We have yet to see Seth Rollins go face-to-face uh, with Bray Wyatt two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, if you include Clash of the Champions, because he was taken out three weeks in a row. Bray Wyatt, I'm sorry, not Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman got up after the first mandible claw and stood up to Bray and then got knocked down very quickly again, but he still got up. So in terms of booking and telling a story and portraying a character that make it believable, Braun Strowman's a fucking monster. So I hope they they book Braun Strowman better moving forward, and I want to see Braun go to SmackDown. But that's a separate topic. But now let's go to Seth yeah, and Braun, I thought I thought Braun looked good against uh, Seth in that I thought, uh, was, I thought that was a, a good match. I thought, he looked, I thought, I thought he looked strong in that match. Yeah, I He agree. looked strong in that match. He definitely yeah. did. But now let's look at how they're portraying Seth with the whole Bray thing. Like, some people think that he looks very weak for how scared he is of the Fiend. I see nothing wrong with it. I think if you're trying to make a believable, respect, respectable baby face, you have to be able to connect to them. This dude is is being is showing vulnerability to us, going, you know what? I have fears too, and one of my fears is the Fiend. I'm fucking scared of that guy. Yeah, and there's shock value to the Fiend. Right. You know, it makes sense that you're scared of him. Like it's it's twisted, freaking multiple personality, twisted schizophrenic, right. like fucking sociopath. Schizophrenic was the wrong word. Sociopath is what I was looking for. Think back, man, to like the eighties. Oh, yeah, Other wrestlers who were feuding with Tate with Undertaker were scared of him. They legitimately right. had a fear in the Undertaker because of the mind games that he would play. It's the same shit with Bray Wyatt. Perfect example. Jake the Snake Roberts, mm-hmm. one of the most cerebral wrestlers, cerebral promo guys ever. What was Jake the Snake scared of? Motherfucking, you know, motherfucking The Undertaker. Yeah. Like, Undertaker was his, like, fucking X Factor. Mm-hmm. Like, he couldn't fucking handle that dude. Even Andre the Giant, there, another Jake the Snake connection. Andre the Giant, he was scared of snakes. Yep. He did it. He, Jake, his feud with Jake the Snake worked because he was fucking petrified of snakes. Right. I don't know if Andre was really petrified of snakes, but it was something like really easy to like make believable for someone like Andre. It's like, okay, even Andre is like afraid of shit. You know, so I get what you're saying with Seth. Like, okay, Seth's afraid of this guy who dresses like the fucking weird-ass clown from Twisted Metal. Was that the name of that? Twisted Metal? What was the name of that game with the racing and the clown? Yeah, Twisted Twist- Metal. Twisted Metal, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was a gamer in high school, and I stopped <laughs> it after college. The vulnerability is okay to show. Right. You know, especially, and I said, but it doesn't make sense, like I said, when you have it off the air, that go down, like that whole... I was really petrified that all of a sudden I ate my fucking spinach and I'm going to stop Bray Wyatt four times. I, I also I, I'm think, sorry. You, you got to think about everything now. Right. I think there's a lot more surrounding the Seth Rollins thing than just his, uh, him showing vulnerability and a fear of Bray Wyatt. I think the timing was off and I think the, so we all complained about his first run as universal champion because he spent about three months feuding with Baron Corbin. That was not the time to fuel Baron Corbin. 
Let him feud with Baron Corbin now in place of Braun Strowman, and then have him go from Baron Corbin to Bray Wyatt. That transition makes more sense than have him go from Braun Strowman, who they're portraying as a fucking monster, to now Bray Wyatt. Because if he's going to show fear in someone like a, Braun, uh, a Bray Wyatt, he could have he could have feuded with Braun Strowman in his first run and started to show some vulnerability against this bigger monster of a... You know, I feel like they could have told the story but, differently and they could have started this a while ago. But you had that wrench of the tag team titles thrown in with Braun Strowman. Which, you know what, it, it could have been it could have done, been done differently. Maybe it could have been Seth and Baron Corbin. No, because then, then it would have interrupted the King of the Ring thing, so never mind. Right. You know, it was just what? a weird... Regardless of the person, I still think it would have made more sense for Seth's first run. If, if they're going to try and go this vulnerability angle, give him someone else that he could be realistically scared of. Someone like maybe a Braun Strowman. Again, it could be fill in, fill in the blank with whoever name you want. But then now I get what you're saying. Have him okay. kind of feud with the Baron Corbin, which is not someone that he would be scared of. That kind of is at his level. People are gonna come at me for saying that, but yes, at his level, and then go to a Bray Wyatt. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, but yeah, remember, yeah, remember though, he's he's also just took the belt off Brock Lesnar, who's been your freaking number one giant wrestler for. And, and it's the second time he's beaten Brock Lesnar this year. And he's been your big number one guy for so long. Right. And it as far as I'm concerned. It was like, his first time cleaning him, uh, beating him clean. Right. It was his first time beating so. him clean. Okay, fair. You know, so you I mean you're going from Brock, like Braun is the next lot was the next logical thing to me. I just thought the tag team thing was an an interesting wrench, but it threw a wrench in what I think you you would you would want how you would have wanted to have seen it booked. So I, I understand that, but I enjoyed the tag team thing. I thought it just gave it more. It gave an interesting element to a B show. Right, I agree. Yeah, I agree. yeah. Um, speaking of um other shows, yeah, I see, think Doc, we need to what, talk what, when a you're going to run the show. You have to kind of go from topic to topic. You have to you have to be, be ready for these top. things, bro. I'm talking, I, I, dude. I was just in a fucking segue, and you <laughs> absolutely interrupted me, dude. Dude, there was, the there was, fuck, there was man? this long, awkward pause. <laughs> I was letting the audience cheer, dude. Is that what was happening? Oh wait, hold on. Shh, yeah. Shh, shh, wait, listen. What? Dude, I, I still hear him. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Saying hi to RVD and that riddle real quick. Bro. What? <laughs> so, Doc. What? What's the next topic? What? Stone Cold Steve Austin's coming back to wrestling, bro. What? A lot of people coming back to wrestling, apparently. Yeah. Well, Stone Cold says he uh, still has okay. uh, another match left in him. Um, there's a, there's a lot of people coming back to wrestling because I think that wrestling is there's a lot of just some buzz going on with the, with wrestling right now with the new promotion and the TV deals and I was actually commenting in our Patreon chat today how WWE's actually been doing a better job recently of getting their wrestlers on mainstream programming you know like all these uh, 
all these wrestlers are going to be on with a Good Morning America next week. Is that the yeah, Fox show? Kofi, Charlotte, Roman, Becky, they're Steph, all. Steph. Steph. on one, yeah. Yeah. And then also Sheamus was on the Premier, a Premier League, uh, NBC Premier League programming mm-hmm. uh, earlier this month. And he was awesome. He was he's a, he's a huge Liverpool supporter. And he was going nuts with a bunch of Liverpool fans in the bar. So that was pretty cool to see. So they're they're doing a better job with that. Kofi was on something recently also, too. I just can't think what it was off the top of my head. Yes and no. Yes and no. I'm not blaming WWE for this. I'm blaming Fox for this. Rey Mysterio was at a Vikings-Raiders game. Right. Minnesota Vikings and the Raiders. Don't know why the Viking Raiders didn't just go to the show. Ah, you see what I did there? Oh, on my words. God. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Rey Mysterio goes to the show, uh, the game, I mean, and so the announcers, like when they show him on the camera, the announcers, oh, look, this is a wrestler, Rey Mysterio. He looks, he, oh, he bought his mask with him. Looks like a luchador, like Nacho Libre. <laughs> uh, dude, you laugh, but now let's think about it. Fox, first of all, Fox, fuck you. Do your goddamn homework before you fucking announce a legend like Rey Mysterio. Yeah, right. Like whoever right, that like schmuck the, was yeah. that, that said that shit should guy, be fucking yeah. fired. Well, not him. What should have happened is whoever is producing the show should have handed that schmuck yeah. a list this of Rey Mysterio's accolades. Here. This is going to be here. This is what he's done. He's been, he's a legend. He's probably the most legendary luchador ever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's multiple time world champion, multiple time cruiserweight champion, multiple promotions. And he's going to be a big part of. Friday night programming on the network you're broadcasting for right now. So give him a proper hello and that's the end of it. So yeah, that's absolutely, I I didn't see that, but yeah, that's, that's a shitty just job by Fox right there. And NBC has been doing the same shit for years. You know, it's just, you know, it's going to take some time for, for, I think for WWE have a little bit of respect on Fox. That's what it is. So to say people on Fox don't, don't view professional wrestling as a sport. Don't want. Don't think it, sh- it needs to be on a sports network or affiliated with the sports network. Like there was this one. I can't remember the guy's name. Keith something. I think he's a sportscaster from some. Oh show. fucking Oberman. Yes, Oberman. Keith Oberman. He is a fucking shithead. He, I fucking hate. He that said guy. some stupid shit about Braun Strowman when Braun Strowman was being interviewed on something last week. Yeah. This no. Week no. Too. It was. It was Braun was at a Braves game, and he was in. The commentary booth because it was it was on Fox probably I would assume mm. so he was probably promoting you know SmackDown going to Fox and, and he's from North Carolina so I would think he's a Braves fan because right. that's Braves territory down there and Oldman's just like what's this guy doing on TV when in the middle of a and it's at the end of the regular season mind you the Braves clinched the division like the NL East, like fucking seven months ago. Like that's how they ran away with the goddamn division this year. So it's not even like we were having some sort of interesting playoff implicated game. And, you know, honestly, who, who cares if they do an interview in the booth with somebody? Like who cares? It doesn't take away from the game. We're still watching the game. They're just promoting themselves. And it's uh, just, it was disrespectful. 
And it's like, know. it's good cross promotion for everybody. And it does nothing but help the network and everybody involved in the network. It's freaking just, it gets eyes on the wrestling product. You know, uh, when the wrestling products on Fox on the Friday night SmackDown, there's going to be commercials for fucking baseball games. Right. Whatever. Fuck. Look what happened to fucking Raw. Or was it was a Raw SmackDown this week? I forget which one. Where the 49ers were there with George Kittle, tight end of the 49ers, is a huge WWE fan. He has a whole. He had a whole piece in ESPN Magazine's NFL preview where he just talks about how much he loves the WWE. Right. So like they. WWE promotes freaking sports at, his, at their shows all the time. Clay yeah. Matthews, Clay Matthews did, has done in-ring segments in Green Bay. Gronk has done in-ring segments. Mm-hmm. So why? What's the big deal of doing it the other round? Just as dude, Keith Olbermann is the biggest sack of fucking shit in sports broadcast journalism. That guy's a fucking asshole. Like he was a sport, he was on Sports Center for years, and he basically got ran out of because he's an asshole. And then he went on MSNBC. And became some liberal fucktard asshole. And then we went back. Now he's back on, I think NBC Sports or ESPN, and he's still a fucking asshole. So, well, let's fuck hope him. that that fuck all all up. these little mishaps in terms of bringing WWE to mainstream uh, were noticed by Vince McMahon, and there was has been a talk between Vince and Fox, and shit like this doesn't happen. Uh, I don't think it would happen in the long term. But if it was to happen again, it's going to happen in the early stages of SmackDown going to Fox. And that's when you don't want it to happen because you need to help put the product over. But Braun wasn't a mishap. Olbermann is just a douchebag. He's a douche. Well, then they need to fucking fire yeah. the douchebags. They don't know what the – don't do their homework and, and make comments like that and yeah. tell them to go fucking uh, – That's not Vince McMahon's fault. Vince McMahon's putting his guys in the right position. Vince right. McMahon does, needs to go into Fox and say, hey – you or Triple H, who I think I think his hand doesn't he handle more of the shit Triple H than Vince? Or, I don't know. I, I guess Triple I'm H sure. or Vince. Dude, Triple H just needs to fucking go in there. He's motherfucking Triple H and just be a right. bad motherfucker and say, do this shit right. I'm gonna pedigree through every fucking table in this goddamn fucking office building. I just like I just like kind of have dreams that that's how like Triple H does business with people. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not true at all. I know he's a fucking legit businessman, right. but like I, well, I just have this like vision. Speaking of business. <laughs> How the hell? First of all, what kind of business does AEW have airing their fucking commercials during Raw and SmackDown? You know what? They have all the business in the world. Because, you know, hey. it's not a war, but it's a war. According to Cody Rhodes, it's not a war. To, dude, if, if they're willing to pay the price, you pay the fucking price. Everyone has a price. What, are wrestling, what, are, wrestling, what are wrestling fans watching on Monday night, Bones? Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Where are they watching on Tuesday night? SmackDown. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I think it's more weird that you're hearing so like the advertising for SmackDown on Fox while it's still on while it's still on USA. It was just really, I'm sure that was some sort of contractual deal that was worked out. Yeah. And I'm sure they paid. I'm sure they fucking there was a nice financial incentive to NBC Universal for it. But, uh, you know, I mean, if you're going to pay for the time, you're going to pay for the time. Right. Um, it's going to be really weird how wrestling's covered from now on. Like, I know, like, it was funny. Another thing we were talking about in the Patreon chat today was Punk coming back, possibly. The rumors of Punk having an audition for this FS1, Fox Sports 1 show, 
that's going to be geared towards wrestling that Renee Young's apparently supposed to host and Booker T's supposed to be a part of. And it's supposed to be, I, I read today now that it's going to be a WWE centric show. And I made some comments right. in the Patreon chat that I thought it was going to be a wrestling show where they could talk about any type of wrestling, almost like a pregame show on NFL Sunday, where even though there's games on CBS, the Fox pregame show will still talk about them. Right. Yeah, you know, because you, it's a pregame show for the whole league, for all of football. But then I write it's a WWE specific show, but it's not produced by WWE. If Punk were to come back to the show, he'd be an employee of, of Fox. Fox. And what is more enticing than he, having something like CM Punk on a show like that, where he can essentially say whatever he wants as long as Fox isn't pissed about it? Right. Because at the end of the day, Fox is giving Vince McMahon five, uh, I'm sorry, a billion dollars over the next five years. So as far as Vince McMahon's concerned, you know, Fox could walk up to Linda and slap her in the face and he wouldn't give a shit as far as I would say. That's a lot of fucking money. So I think that's interesting if they do bring him on to that show. Like, oh, man, he has an uncensored open mic to sound off on WWE programming. And the fucking the- sweet. And the show is going to be titled WWE Backstage. So I kind of wonder how much of this show breaks the fourth wall. Like, what is the show going like, to entail? WWE I feel Backstage. Like it, I don't think it would be on Fox Sports 1 if it didn't break the fourth wall. Like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of fourth wall breakage, you know? And I feel like you're going to see a lot of things that you've never seen in the past. And honestly... In order for the industry to recharge and regenerate some like interest in casual people, they're kind of going to have to go down that road at some point. It's not the all boys club anymore. It's not right. a bunch of dudes sitting around playing cards and drinking beers anymore. It's, these people are all work out every single day, keep in shape, like workaholics, these guys. It's not, you know, with all due respect to Ric Flair and all the legends. Like, that's not what wrestlers are anymore. It's not about partying. It's not about steroids anymore to make up for the fact you're partying all the time. You know, it's about fucking working harder than the next guy, being in tip-top condition, tip-top shape, reliable, and entertaining. Right. And I think that's – and I think seeing the behind the scenes of how we get to that is impressive. We all know it's scripted. It's okay to start showing some behind-the-scenes footage. One of the most awesome shows on um, on, – I think it's on HBO, the 24-7 series on HBO. Right. Where they, like, highlight, like, you know, leading up to a big fight, like a fight, like UFC or boxing fight. Or a big like rivalry game they've done it from the NHL Winter Classic before. That's cool shit to see what these guys are doing to prepare. I think you're going to see a lot more of that stuff maybe on this FS1 show, but the backstage type show. At least that's what I would want to see. Right. But well, only time will tell. I, I want to read this. Um, I'll read a portion of this article right off the WWE app about the WWE backstage. SmackDown moves from Tuesdays to Fridays beginning Friday, October 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Fox. But WWE fans can still get their Tuesday night fix on FS1's WWE Backstage, television's only studio show devoted to all things WWE. 
the hour-long weekly show offers viewers the latest WWE news every Tuesday at 11 p.m. Eastern. 11 p.m. Eastern, wow. 8 p.m. Pacific, beginning November 5th on FS1. Longtime WWE broadcaster Renee Young and WWE Hall of Famer Booker T weigh in on the biggest stories in WWE and are joined by a rotating cast of guests and personalities, including current and former WWE superstars. Hmm, interesting. Maybe that's now, that's as that's guest. from WWE. Yeah, maybe. Could you imagine if it's a special guest thing and CM Punk comes back? Then yes, then we will see CM Punk back in a ring at some point, a WWE ring at some point. Yeah, that's the next question. Does he come back for maybe one or two more matches? Right to put over, you know, to put over some talent, maybe. Right. Maybe so, you see it. Well, Doc, so we got a big week coming up. We got a lot of premieres happening, including episode 45 of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, our season premiere. Um, <laughs> so let's let's talk about some some high points for the premiere week. But first, we want to take a quick break. So, fam, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Press. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. 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 Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, 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 radio. What's up, Ooses? DFDC, Jeff Pomaccio here. If you want to join our Ohana and become a Wrestle Addicts Radio Patreon, you will find exclusive content from all of your favorite Wrestle Addict Radio shows, including my show, Not Your Mama Soap Opera, Kings of the Rings Podcast, Fourth Wall WrestleCast, The Game Changer Podcast, and Gift a Podcast, all for one monthly fee of $5. That's the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. Come join the family, our Ohana, become an oos, and help us keep wrestling real. Hey guys, this is Nate the Effing Great, and you are listening to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast only on Wrestle Attic Radio. So, Doc, one of the big matches I think we're all looking forward to on the premiere week of WWE is the WWE Championship being defended by Kofi Kingston against the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar. You're not very good at that. That, that was pretty terrible. So <laughs> I, I want to touch on that real quick. I know we talked about this last week. You know, do we think, who do we think is going to win? Uh, who do we, what do we think is best for business on who wins? Um, I'm still sticking to my guns going that Kofi Kingston is going to retain. And this is why. I explained last week, I'm like, if the people 
that are tuning in to watch SmackDown learn the story behind who Kofi Kingston is and see what he's gone through to get to this point. He's going to have the entire audience behind him. He's going to have the live audience behind him regardless because people that are going there to see Kofi Kingston. But the new people that are tuning in on TV, they're only going to know who Brock Lesnar is. They're not going to know Kofi Kingston. And this past week on Raw, I believe it was, I'm sorry, not Raw, on SmackDown this past week on the season finale of SmackDown, they introduced or reintroduced Brock Lesnar to the audience. They show this whole big video montage of Brock Lesnar. You know what that means? They're going to do what I said. They're going to show a video montage of Kofi on the season premiere of SmackDown to let everyone know, hey, this is our champion. This is your champion. Watch all of them get behind Kofi. Watch Kofi come out victorious and watch Kofi lead us all into this new this new season of wrestling as our champion. Because of the way things are going now, I can see Kofi actually holding on to the, defending it successfully at WrestleMania against someone and keeping it for a long time. Because they have money right now in Kofi Kingston. I understand that Brock Lesnar, he could be the first ever champion on the on SmackDown on Fox because of the mainstream draw he's going to bring because of all of the UFC fans that maybe never watched WWE before and now going to tunings. No, I could just go to Fox and watch wrestling. I'm going to go see what this is all about. But they also have a fucking gold mine in Kofi Kingston. All right, because he is not your stereotypical champion. He's not your Hulk Hogan. He's not your Steve Austin. But he is his. He is the only Kofi Kingston. He he is his own character. It's a very unique character. And watching his story, why wouldn't you get behind him? It and also, do we forget? I don't know if you guys noticed, but Kofi's African American. He's the first ever African American. WWE Champion, the same title that Bret the Hitman Hart, Bruno San Martino, they, they've held this title, and now Kofi is the first ever African American WWE Heavyweight Champion, that is magic in a bottle right there, dude, like, take that shit and run with it, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I uh, kind of agree with you. I wouldn't be surprised to see Kofi in the main event at Mania this year, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see at some point, maybe not in the SmackDown premiere, but some point before the end of the year, Kofi does lose the title to Brock, and then maybe Brock puts over Braun before Mania, and give me Kofi and Braun Strowman for Mania. I think Braun has shown that he can have like a really good match with like the right type of uh, wrestler. Like His match with Rollins was great. It was a really good match. I think him and Kofi could put on the same type of quality WrestleMania 15 to 20 minute match where Kofi can once again go over at Mania and start would be a second title reign. I don't know if he's going to, I don't, I'm not as convinced they're going to roll with him as long as you think they are. I think they're going to roll with him through the first episode of raw. I don't think he's going to beat Brock clean, but I think maybe, maybe it's survivor series. I think Brock gets the job done and beats him there. And I think Kofi, that's going to be good for Kofi because Kofi chasing is just as entertaining as Kofi retaining. And building Kofi up to another big WrestleMania moment against now, last time it was against the great technical wrestler and Daniel Bryan. This time it's against the monster, Braun Strowman. 
So now he's beaten two different styles of opponents on the grandest stage of them all with a huge following behind him. He's going to be chasing at, which I would hope would be the heel Braun Strowman. And then he wins, and then he turns on the New Day right at WrestleMania 36 and attacks them all and becomes a heel. No, that that's terrible booking. Prescription filled. That's terrible booking right there. No. <laughs> no. I No. Hold on. I'm trying I'm trying to get get my my thoughts together. Cuz that was that, that's just terrible booking. No, Kobe not the terrible New Day booking. Okay. is not breaking up. Braun Strowman is done having fucking title shots cuz he's already failed at 6 of them. Six when he's gonna go to SmackDown and reboot shots in the span of twelve months. Six when he's going to SmackDown. It's, I have it is the season no. premiere. I mean, it's last season's done. No. Well, either way, <laughs> Kofi is not losing to Brock. There is no and even if even if it's Survivor Series, Kofi's gonna face whoever the Universal Champion is. Kofi's gonna face Seth the Survivor Series. Oh yeah, I keep for, I, I keep forgetting. They yeah. did so if, if it did happen, it would be something bigger. And do we even know how much longer Brock has in his contract, and how much are we even gonna see Brock Lesnar after the? This, I think we're gonna. See, I think we're gonna weeks. see Brock. I think we're gonna see Brock Lesnar a fair amount on SmackDown. I'll give you a better. Uh, I don't know yet, and we're not gonna know until the draft, unless SmackDown officially drafts Brock Lesnar. I don't know what's gonna happen with him. I figure he's challenging for the WWE Championship for a reason. Because they need, he's they not need, fighting they need ratings for SmackDown. They want to get eyes on SmackDown. Well, he's why done in the octagon. But why wouldn't you put Brock in the main event for the first but, ever you know, I also I could also see, once again, SmackDown's going to have a heavy hand of what goes on. They're going to want Brock Lesnar with the title at some point. And they're going to want him, you know, I think they're going to do the right thing and have Kofi retain on that first taping and build him as your baby face. But eventually the monster is going to take the baby face down and the baby face is going to have to face some adversity. That's good for ratings. You're right. You're right. You know, he's got to well, face some adversity. I get fine. I respectful. I respectfully agree to disagree about Braun Strowman beating Brock because I think Braun is starting to be at a point where he deserves to like, May well take at the very least, not look like a little bitch in the rain against Brock. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, I said my piece about Kofi, and I'm still sticking to it. Kofi's going to win, and he's going to look very strong throughout this entire first season of SmackDown on Fox. It is very weird to say seasons, but I'm going to have to going to have to start getting used to it. Well. And you know what? Maybe well, it's, it's not been, a bad it's always, thing. Maybe it's, it's always not a been bad classified thing. as seasons. Like it's classified as seasons on Hulu. You're right. But yeah. the season, but we always consider the season from WrestleMania to WrestleMania, kind of thing. Yeah, well, you know? that's not. But the world of TV considers the start of their season. It's the start September, right. September. Right. So. Um, and we're already getting into October for the Fox season premiere. Right. Uh, speaking of premieres, we got a big premiere on Wednesday. Yeah, we have NXT, first baby. Two, two premieres. We have the first full two-hour NXT on USA, and we have the premiere of Dynamite this Wednesday. Wednesday Night Dynamite. So we have our first. We have the Wednesday Night War. It's upon us. I think it's. we already have it spreading to the Internet because of Cody Rhodes' uh, statement. Do you have that up still, Bones? I do have that up. Go for it. 
All right. So uh, a couple days ago, Cody Rhodes, uh, three days ago, Cody Rhodes put out a tweet. It was a letter to AEW fans and the AEW locker room. It's a pretty long letter. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to give you some highlights. Maybe read the first couple paragraphs and the last couple paragraphs. Can you read it in Cody Rhodes' voice? Uh, no, I can't talk with a, with a lisp. I can't even <laughs> pretend to talk with a lisp. Um, and just FYI, this letter has been written on stationery, which is a picture of Cody Rhodes holding his hands up, facing an audience and a crowd of people cheering in front of him with a light shining from the top left corner of the page down onto Cody as if he's like a god. So let's well, keep that I mean, in mind. If you've watched AEW programming at all, um, you know... He portrays himself or, or, like he's the almighty. As a heel. Yeah. Him and Brandy portrayed themselves as heels, heels so it's not exactly. surprising. Like, they are, they're being positioned as the top two of the top heels within the promotion. Right. So nobody should be surprised by how he's depicting himself. Right. All right. So anyway, so the letter starts, we are eight days out from the most significant night in wrestling in my lifetime. I just wanted to share these thoughts with our incredible fans whose unbridled passion and support have led us to this moment. This raging fire within wrestling today ignited long before I hit the independent scene. There was the hot ticket and style of PWG, Colt Cabana building a brand for himself without the reliance of a large corporate backer, the narrative pipe bomb promo that spoke heavy truths into our business, the Young Bucks creating a vlog to connect deeper with fans, and much more. After an 11-year stint at WWE, there was that faithful bet that I couldn't promote a show, which ultimately drew 10,000-plus fans at All In a year ago. My stubborn ability to believe that I could expand my work rate even further and forge um, powerful connections across the barricade were also driving forces in my life. And, of course, there was Tony Khan the lifelong wrestling fan who wanted to invest his business acumen, passion, and sphere of influence with four guys aspiring to create an alternative product. I'm going to skip to the last couple paragraphs now. These last couple paragraphs are pretty important. I've had the best education one could receive from this job. A pro since the age of 15, 11 years under the learning tree of such minds as Randy Orton, Vince McMahon, Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, and countless other legends. And of course, the three decades I spent talking wrestling every day with the American dream himself. I know what's on the other side of the hill. A billion dollar publicly traded behemoth with 70 years of experience and an expensive network of divisions and subsidiaries, which has ultimately become a monopoly in wrestling. Yeah, I'm a bit nervous. I'm a little scared too, but I'm saddling up in D.C. anyway, along with the best partners and wrestlers on the planet. I'm with AEW because AEW is for everybody, and I hope everybody tunes in and gives us a chance to shine for you. Thank you. So, bro, are you hashtag with AEW? 
I'm with both, man. I was with both during the Monday Night Wars, and I'm going to be with both during this one. Mm-hmm. As long as like one of them doesn't really suck, which and, I don't anticipate happening. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know why? Because we're fucking wrestling fans. Right, exactly. Um, this, this war is going to be fought on three fronts. Uh, attendance mm-hmm. at arenas. So let's start with that one. Uh, TV attendance is down in general from what it was at its height, you know, in the late 90s and then into the mid to late 2000s. It's down, you know, unless it's a big show like the Garden shows that WWE just did or the Raw and SmackDown after Mania or like, you know, anniversary specials of either show or it's always going to be. It's, it's, or it's not going to, this rating, ratings are just, I'm sorry, attendance is going to be down at arenas. Right. How many times do you watch Raw and SmackDown and the upper decks close at an arena? It's always the lower deck, maybe the middle deck, unless it's a big sort of anniversary show or, or, or a post pay per view show. Right. AEW is already having a hard time selling tickets to their tapings. Um, they're doing venues around here to like the Cora Center, which is Temple University's basketball arena. Single deck. I was there for Bound for Glory back in 2011. Not a, maybe, maybe a nine, eight, eight, nine thousand seat arena. Maybe having a hard time selling out. People don't go to TV tapings as much. People watch TV tapings on TV. That's what they're geared towards. And I think TV tapings, especially with WWE, are, are a little pricey. If I'm going to spend that money, I'd rather go to a pay per view and see more wrestling. I think a lot of other wrestling promotions are, are are finding out very quickly that they can't sell out a lot of these arenas in a WWE because I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. They're having trouble selling out a lot of these arenas because of WWE. Uh, look at what happened with AAA. They were set to to go to Madison Square Garden, but they could not sell tickets, so they had to. I don't want to, for lack of better terms, downgrade the venue to the Hulu Theater which ended up being packed, but it was not enough to pack Madison Square Garden. And even that wouldn't have been close. Like, all in, that's great. Hey, man, of course who, why, Of course, you're going to sell out a show like that. It's your first ever show, something brand new. No one knows what to expect. Now that you've already wet everyone's palate with all in, you're not going to get the sellout crowds at every single show. So you can't expect to have your live television shows in 10,000-person 10,000 plus person arenas each and every week and expect the same results each and every week. Now, that being said, history has shown us that if you do produce enough enticing television week in and week out, you can grow back into bringing out 15 to 20,000 fans for a TV taping on a weekly basis like you did in the late 90s and throughout the 2000s. I think until then... AEW is doing the right thing by holding their tapings in smaller arenas for the most part. I think WWE should follow suit, honestly. I think part of what's made NXT's first two weeks really cool is that, well, obviously the NXT arena is a very intimate setting, but it, there's a bit, there's been a big fight feel to both of these first two weeks of NXT in that first hour. Right. The lights go dark even more than they used to for NXT tapings on the network. The lights go dark. The crowd is pumped. The wrestling is top notch. Um, you know, Lee and Di and Dijakovic threw it down again this week on NXT. Undisputed Era 
claimed all the gold last week on or two weeks ago on NXT. Um, I'm sorry, last week on NXT. Uh, Riddle and Killian Dane street fight was awesome this week. Everything had a big fight feel. Like Raw and SmackDown, I think AEW is probably going to present itself like that with the dim lights also. Raw and SmackDown can take a cue from that. Agreed. It makes you feel like you're in a like a, a UFC fight. A big, it gets you more excited. It gets the audience more excited. When the audience is more excited on TV, I'm more excited as a viewer at home. And you get that with the dim lights, the smaller, more intimate arena. And I think that's okay. I think the production for NXT is perfect. It could be a little bigger for WWE. And they have all new production, so I'm pretty excited to see the stage and what it's going to be now. And where they go, do they follow that NXT route a little bit because it's been so successful? Or does Vince try to go bigger, better than what he's already done? Because right now, I think it's been too much. It, I think it's, it's been too much go, for a long it's time. It's going to go bigger. It's gonna. They can't stay at full sale forever if they're going to be on live TV. Well, oh, yeah, that's for NXT. I do know they're supposed to be Pyro back in WWE again. I read so something that's about that, cool. too. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. They, I, I missed the Pyro from the mm-hmm. Raw entrance. I always got the crowd pretty freaking fired up. Yeah. So hopefully we're going to see. I, I, I'm excited to see that again. But, like, that was done, and the set wasn't as visually intense back then. It right. really wasn't. I think you could bring make the set a little less visually intense like NXT does. Mm-hmm. Have the pyro, have the dim arena, have the big fight feel, bring the lights up for the promos or put different shadings of light. Like you really need to reinvent and get more artistically creative. Because there's something there's something about like viewing a wrestling match in a dark arena that's really visually appealing and I don't know. I just want to see that happen on Raw and SmackDown. I think it's part of the reason why NXT's first two weeks on USA have been fucking lights out awesome. You know what SmackDown needs to bring back? It needs to bring back the fist. Oh, and the... Uh, yeah, remember the I remember that. That was I, a cool I, That was yeah. my favorite one. I always liked the big fist coming out of the uh, was, the ramp. Or those the, early... The early SmackDown the ramp designs were pretty yep. clutch. They, 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 they smoked Raw. I've... I've the Titan Tron is, has been old to me. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like how those back arena seats are empty. I always, I always love when I watch like eighties and early nineties wrestling, when they walk out the tunnel, like, 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 like an athlete would. Right. And you walk in, especially, I love that view of Madison square garden. When it be in the pre Titan Tron days, you know, like in the garden, like they would come towards you like head on and not from the side when the wrestlers came out. Yep. Right, you know, and it's the shorter. Like it's like they came in like from like the hockey locker rooms almost. It was a shorter walk, but when you had the camera angle and like say like there's an image I have, I believe it's of Mister Perfect walking out at WrestleMania 10, and he's walking out, and the camera's right in front of him, pointing like up towards his face, and you just see the garden grow around you, mm-hmm. and it looks so epic. And that and that view doesn't exist anymore. The last time I saw it was at the Royal Rumble this year, and I loved it. When the fan when when the wrestler walks out, the fans are behind it. It makes it feel bigger, big fight feel. I feel, I feel like yep. they're going. I think the bigger they get with production, the less it feels like a big fight. And it's a fucking wrestling show, so it should feel like a goddamn big fight. And you know who uh, who I think can make their debut on NXT this week and really make an impact. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. And really help I think really give the the show itself a big five feel because of his character, his persona. If we think back to 
You know what? Take a guess who I'm talking about. I, I, I believe you're going, you're talking about John Morrison right now, which will impact. I was actually it. talking about John Hennigan and Johnny Impact and Johnny Nitro and Johnny Mundo, not John Morrison. Well, I'll be- I will tell you if you know if the rumors of John Morrison signing are true, it can't be exactly what he was. Like we can bring back the we can keep no, the rock but the star whole thing. that's yeah, his thing. exactly. His yeah, that's his, thing, his hair but it, flying, but it has wind, to be. Yeah, it has the, to be a big, little updated. Uh, yeah, it could be but updated, maybe, but maybe that same say, feel maybe would you, be maybe perfect. Maybe you don't do the big furry. Maybe you don't do the big furry <clears> robe now. You know, <clears> maybe you do the maybe maybe you make it not as pretty. And more like intense, like more, you know, more edgy. Think, think, think Lemmy and not Vince Neil. Okay, you know, like that's where that's what I see. You know, okay. Like I think I'd like to see that. And yeah, maybe after the Matt Riddle Adam Cole match this week, out comes freaking John Morris, or maybe that match ends in with undisputed error cost, which is probably how it is going to end with mm-hmm. undisputed error costing Riddle like the title, and they're attacking him, and out comes. John Morrison, and that sets up a tag team mm-hmm. match: Cole and Strong versus freaking Riddle and Morrison next week, and that's your main event on NXT. He's going to change his name to Johnny NXT because his last names now are always whatever promotion he's in. And then, oh, oh, oh could, could, dude, I mean, when we're going to have when we're going to have our inevitable Johnny Wrestling versus Johnny Johnny oh, man, Morrison, right? <laughs> that, that would be a fucking five that would be a seven star match right there that would be like on That'd the New be, Japan fucking ranking um, I think I, mean, I know I, it, we are right that it makes more sense for anything else for John Morrison to go to NXT right oh yeah totally like we're not, right yeah, now we're not out of line yeah because the main event scene on the main roster is way too stacked it's stacked yeah and, and you know I think the main event scene in NXT could use one more guy mm-hmm on Wednesday, who do you expect to win the Twitter war between hashtags? Oh, God. Because that's going to be the second front that this show, that this war is fought on. Social media war, yeah. Social media. Hashtag I'm with AEW or hashtag we are NXT. I'm going to say it's going to be pretty even because you're going to have the marks that are going to be out there tweeting both. Both, right. You know, right. So that's where my that's where my thought process went immediately. Yeah, it, it's going to be pretty even. I mean, because rest, rest wrestling fans are going to be channel flipping. Yep, that's but, all there is to even. No, no, no. I no, remember no. when? What was that? Listen, yeah. they're going to be channel flipping, but they're primarily going to be watching the new kids on the block. They're going to be watching AEW, and more people are going to be DVRing NXT than AEW. I guarantee you that. But are they going to be doing that when Matt Riddle's facing Adam Cole for the NXT title? It depends on what the main event ends up being on AEW. We have no idea what matches are going to be on the card. I do want to throw a quick prediction, though. I think think that triple threat's going to be the main event. I think the triple threat's going to be, or the six-man tag's going to be the main event with the mystery partners. Um, it's was it the Bucks and uh, well, let me look it up. What were you gonna say, Bones? I'll look it up while what was I was gonna say. I think a really good opening match for AEW could be a six man tag SCU versus Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. 
I, I think SCU are facing Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Okay, perfect. Okay, because they, they had that six man tag right now. at All Out, and I think that'd be perfect because you're really introducing different styles of wrestling. You're introducing, you're showing that you are an all inclusive brand by using Marco Stunt, and also, I mean, Luchasaurus is in the fucking match. And also you have oh, I, love, I, do, I son, love Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Yeah, you also have the son of Luke Perry, Jungle Boy. Right. It's so, great, too. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here's the card. It's Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. By the way, I love that we're talking about a card for a TV show. Right. When's the last time we've actually discussed a card for a TV show? No, TV we haven't. Team. We great. talk about maybe at the most four matches that are – Announced to be on a on a show, but never the full card. So Rhodes and Sammy Guevara, the AEW Women's Championship match between Nyla Rose and Rio. Nyla's totally going to win this. Nyla caused a little stir on Twitter this week too. I heard. Here it is. It's, it's Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus uh, Chris Jericho and two mystery partners. Hangman Adam Page. We'll it's get back to L- that. LAX. Hangman. We'll, we'll get back to that. LAX. Hangman Adam Page versus Hawk and MJF versus Brandon Cutler. Um, Moxley will appear. Mm-hmm. And he says, so far, Cody has stated that we've only seen 40% of the AEW roster. Which means there are some potentially big names that could surprise fans at any time. I'm reading oh. this off of CBSSports.com. Okay. We've already seen shocky debuts from Moxley and LAX on pay-per-view events. So why not bring in someone to move the needle on the promotion's TV debut? So there's two mystery partners for us. I don't think it's going to be LAX because LAX is premiered. Who could premiere at this event? Who could who could AEW bring in? Two people. Enzo and Cass. Oh my god, if it was Enzo and Cass, it'd be unbelievable. Could you imagine? It's not though. it's not because Cass <laughs> unfortunately. He's sick. going through some shit. Yeah, he, he, yeah, I think he admitted, admitted himself. But um, the Dudley boys? No, because Devon's on the contract with WWE. Yep. Um, hmm. The Briscoes. I haven't put much. I, oh, that'd be pretty cool. Dude, that'd be As you can tell, I've, I've, I haven't put much thought into who could be the debuts uh, or his mystery partners. Mm-hmm. I hope it's somebody new and it's unexpected. And if it is somebody new and unexpected, this is going to be the main event of the night. Right. Okay. I feel like they're probably going to open the show with Cody. Uh, of course they are. The same way, I think very, if Cody's smart, he's going to do it the same way that Triple H opened up NXT. Where it, was, it wasn't too much Triple H. It was just enough to go, okay, this is what you're about to watch. So sit back and enjoy the ride. And that was it. So if he does it right, but the thing is though, Cody is also more of an on-screen character in AEW than Triple H is an on-screen character for NXT. So we're going to see a lot of Cody Rhodes probably. He's probably going to establish himself as an authority figure also. He's going to establish himself as a top superstar as well and a top heel. Uh, Speaking of of authority figures that Cody has to look up to... Triple H's opening promo on the opening NXT was awesome, and I want to see that same fire out of Cody right. when Dynamite starts. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, uh, some. I'm looking forward. Stuff looking forward to, man. I'm looking forward to the war, man. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to the aftermath we're going to do for premiere week mm-hmm. on W for, for, I guess, re- I guess this is wrestling season premiere week now. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about raw SmackDown dynamite and NXT. And on top of all that, hell in a cell is next Sunday. Yes, it is. So it is fucking stacked next week. Fucking stacked. It's great. There's never a buzz this time of year in wrestling. It's awesome to have a little buzz. I'm actually pretty excited for what's going down. Yeah, same here. I just wish I had more time in the day to actually watch all this shit live. Well, it's funny, actually. My schedule's changing at work, and I'm actually going to have a chance to, at the very least, watch most of NXT and Dynamite live and all of SmackDown live, as long as I'm not gigging. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll be able to watch most of Raw live, too. Fucking hey, everything's coming up Millhouse, baby. I like this. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, there's definitely a lot, a lot of stuff to look forward to in the premiere week of wrestling. Get a dance on. It's fucking great. Oh, I'm so fucking excited right now, dude. Wait, what, what are you doing, Doc? Fucking dancing, That's dude. That's dancing? Looks like you're having Madonna. a fucking seizure, dude. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, my God. He's oh, voguing. Oh. All right. Well, listen. Yo, Madonna was a shit, dude. Those fucking 80s and 90s Madonna jams are a fucking shit, dude. Dude, she's coming out with a new album. Oh, yeah? Yeah, What about? I don't fucking dude. know. I, I, I was at work I today. Read recently that uh, Madonna's coming out with a whole new album. Or going on tour again, was, maybe. Maybe not an album. Maybe going on tour. I was at work today. And me and my co-teacher, Steve, were talking about Madonna. And, oh, we were talking about... Live to Tell. What a great song, right. dude. That's back in the day when a six-minute song could be a fucking single and you get away with and it. You, right. What the fuck happened, man? Yeah. <laughs> great fucking song, dude. So well-produced. Ex- excellent stuff. By the way, uh, Vince Tripp, if you ever need someone to write jams for you, contact the fourth wall of WrestleCast because we can do that, too. That Just we saying. can. And it would be a lot yeah. better than the shit you got. From CFO. Yeah. Good riddance. And on that note, Doc, anything else you want to touch on before we uh, say goodbye to the fam? Um, just everybody, enjoy this upcoming week of wrestling. We haven't had something like this in 20 years. The war, the war ended in 1999. It's been 20 years. Who's going to step up? As I said, there's three fronts. We touched on attendance and uh, social media. Of course, the other one's going to be actual TV ratings, um, actual streaming ratings. I think I think when you when the streaming numbers and the ratings go out, that's when you'll start seeing attendance jump possibly. But right. the wrestling's going to be great all around. And I just man, it's an exciting time, dude. It's an exciting fucking time. Enjoy wrestling this week, fans. Fam, enjoy wrestling. That's it. Yeah, don't be a bunch of fucking marks and just spend your whole week on Twitter bitching about this and that and this. Just fucking sit back and enjoy what these people are doing for us. There are so many wrestlers that, in a way, even though they're all different promotions, are coming together to make the world a better place for wrestling fans alike. Yes, absolutely. By, By giving us these outlets to actually view our favorite wrestlers, our favorite sports entertainers, whatever you want to call it, each and every week. So we now have the platform to do so. So just 
like Doc said. Fucking enjoy it. And don't be a bunch enjoy of fucking marks. And stay off of social media this week. Unless and you're going to talk about what show you're, you're watching and talk to people about the show you're watching. But Oh, and also, just because there's a rumor that Punk might be doing something in wrestling again, it is still not okay to chant CM Punk for no reason. Right. Simple as that. By the way, also, if Punk shows up on, on Dynamite on Wednesday, that would be the biggest shit-your-pants moment that either oh, yeah. of the two shows could produce. If that's the case, then <laughs> they're, they're going to win the ratings war for the first week. Oh, they're going to win just the, the – yeah. Even if they – well, they're going to win the ratings war the first week regardless because, like you said, they're the new kid on the block, and that's what everybody's interested in. Right. The second week will be the telling week. Right. Hey, it's me. Johnny Smarks, and you're listening to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast on Wrestle Attic Radio. Just kidding, guys. We're not going nowhere. Wade, we did not forget about you. Doc and myself put together an awesome segment just for our good brother, one of our Patreons who shows his support for us each and every week, Wade Ellison from the Big Heck and Wade Adventures podcast. Check him out on Anchor.fm as well as all other major podcast platforms. So, Doc, Wade read a tweet where someone said that Seth Rollins has a better frog splash than Eddie Guerrero. Stupid. Stupid. So first of all, putting Eddie Guerrero, comparing anyone's Fox Flesh to Eddie Guerrero is just stupid itself. Now, Doc and I did get into a discussion about this, and we talked about all the wrestlers that do Frog Splashes. So what we're going to do now is we're going to have a little watch-along with you all. So Doc, let everyone know what video we're watching on YouTube, by the way. And I'll take over from there. Doc, go ahead. Everybody go to your YouTube search engine, type in Battle of the Frog Splash. You are going to open an eight-minute and one... That's eight-minute one when actually with the video, but I think it was eight-minute two on the thing. Anyway, the username is BDWJ1989, so thank you very much, BDWJ, for this Frog Splash compilation that you have put together. And... Fam, you're going to get to watch Lawless as we commentate on the five-star Frog Splash. All right, so fam, pull up those videos. Make sure you have the cursor all the way to zero, colon, zero, zero. Doc, that goes for you, too. And I'm going to count down for us to play. I'm going to count down three, two, one, play. When I say play, press play. And we're going to go ahead and go on this journey of the Frog Splash. So on my count, Doc, are we ready? I'm ready, baby. All right. So three, two, one, play. Wrestling move. I like the ding. Yep. AJ Styles. AJ Styles. Nitty. I don't consider that a frog splash. That's a, yes, that's, that's totally a frog. That's a lowdown. Uh, okay. That's, that's a frog that's, splash. That's, that's like a. Okay, that's a frog splash. He doesn't do that move anymore. At least a not variation. A, and there's D'Lo Brown. He's old now. D-Lo, D-Lo so Brown, AJ's is more like D'Lo's. The originator AJ's, of the lowdown. No, so yeah. AJ's is more like D'Lo's, like D-Lo's. without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Kozlov. I'm not hmm. even sure who this is. Neither. Indie guy, but that's definitely a lowdown also. He's got some good... Yep. Oh, TNA also. Alex Shelley. Great. That's a frog oh, splash. Alex Shelley. 
That's Alex okay. Shelley. Yeah, it's a frog smash. I used to love the Motor City That's machine a low guns. Down it, was too. Like, it was a killer tag team. Ooh. AR Fox from Evolve. Oh. Oh, the, 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 the garbage can frog splash. Nice springboard frog splash. Oh, man, splash. That, looks okay. like, that looks like the church in Art Jackson. Bar. I don't know who this is. But apparently the he's originator famous for it. of the frog splash. <laughs> Art Bar is the originator of the frog splash. Is he really? I didn't Ch- know that. Uh, Chavo Guerrero's. Chavo? Chavo's is good. He doesn't get a lot of hype, though. Eddie's. No, you know, there we go. Eddie has, like, That's the best form. Do you see the end where he throws the hand up? Out, yes. Beautiful. He's been a pro. He was at, oh, even when it's a little sloppy, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Christian, in the old TNA ring. Nice, nice form, Christian. Christian, yeah. Nice form. Do we only have, did he only do the frog splash in TNA? Oh, here's Seema. Seema! AEW or an AEW crossover yeah. talent. That's a pretty good one too. Oh, that's that's a nice one. That was he a nice some one. Fucking distance. Oh, I, I love the way it. he Oh, the that. bounce up. They had Ron Akuma. Akuma. Oh, see, I don't know this person. New Japan, I'm guessing. Me neither. Uh, that's a fucking indie guy. That's a New Japan plays goes plays bigger rooms than that. Oh, Gregory Shane Helms. Helms. Shane Helms. Hurricane, Hurricane Helms. Who just stand right up out of it? Nice. Yeah, that's a lowdown style. I like it. Ooh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Okay. Oh shit! That's nice. That was, that was very a nice. I, I like that, that one. That was a Wrestle Kingdom style. Yep. Oh, look at that, dude! Him and Guerrero are pretty. Oh, here's my guy, Kevin Owens. All right, here we go. The Bullfrog Flash. And KO's a big dude, so you know it's coming down hard. Yep. You know. Dude, KO's definitely got the best frog splash of current WWE talent. Yeah. Oh, Kid Cash. Kid nice. Cash. Damn. All right. His, he almost goes full on cannonball on his tuck-in. Here's Leo. Yeah. Here's Leo. There it is. Leo Rush has a fucking good lowdown. Look at that. Leo's so Leo's so little. So it's little, harder for me to. Yeah, it, it's harder for me to like get hit like I don't know, to be sold on his frog splash, maybe because he's a little. I'm Naomi not sure who Naomichi Fuji. Maru Fuji is. I was going to let you try to pronounce that one. Yeah, this looks like some old NJPW footage. Like, it was our first Kale. female entrant. There we go. All right. Form was okay. That's all right. Yeah. Nick, Nick Jackson, Jackson, okay. I don't know if I call that a frog splash. That was a... F- you that know, his form's okay. His form's yeah. okay. There's better form. His body gets perfectly parallel... Even- to the apron before it comes back down. Here's oh, Ray Mysterio's. Okay. Ray's got a good frog splash, but it's not as good as Eddie's. But that was a good one. Rich Swan. Rich Swan. Yeah. Rough start. Nice finish. Ooh, like oh, the rolling thunder frog splash. Yep. I like that. <laughs> that scream, dude. <laughs> there it is. RVD, baby. There we go. There's RVD. RVD. See, oh, he gets, that was a nice he gets that was height, a nice, that was he distance. gets distance, and that impact, the way he he always so, bounced off his opponents. In his prime, Fabian. RBD's smash out of control. There's Rollins. Hitting it on KO, but not as good as KO would have hit it on him. 
But a good frog splash nonetheless. Barely got that one. He barely gets that Willie middle. Willie Mack. Ooh. Oh, nice. Good little sell. KOs. Not, as, not quite as good as KO. He gets, Ooh, that was good. He gets fucking high, and I, I like his sell, too. That's Sammy he, Callahan he just hit that on? Yep. Where's a lowdown? Phoenix. Phoenix. Ray Phoenix. Lowdown style. The trajectory. Traverse the trajectory. <laughs> fucking Matt Stryker for you. Jonah. Jonah. Oh. Rock. This That's is a, a big boy. Big is that Dave Mastiff? That looks like it. No, maybe. Jonah Rock. We got to Wikipedia that, see if it's the same We're guy. We're at the Wikipedia. I Holy don't know much shit. about his backstory, Mastiff, but he kind of looks Austin like Austin Aries. Him. Austin Aries. Fucking miss Austin Aries, man. This is, that's okay for him. I, there's better. Oh. That was a I like that. Animal. He was like, boom. Yes, Ruby Rock. Ruby! There you go. Here's your girl. It's all like have indie I, Why have I never too. seen her do a frog splash? You ever done it in Dike? She never only done did it, it on the Aries, right? I guess. <clears throat> well, Ruby's, Ruby's not my new number one now. Montez is, is a good frog splash. I mean, we weren't thinking about him when we were talking before. I'm happy they're back in NXT, by the way. Yeah, he gets height. He gets really good height. Arya Davari. He gets height, always. Montez has some of the best height in the industry right now in all his moves. Davari's got some good form there. Still, Owens has, I think, Owens and, and his towards the top, RVD in his prime. Sasha. Sasha. Oh, God, that was eh, rough. Sloppy. A little sloppy. A little sloppy. Ooh. Oh, that one was pretty cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> the triple threat, oh, the mania, Lionheart. yeah. Okay. Oh, Dude, Lionheart. So stuck. R- rest in peace, That's Lionheart. Yep. Ryan Smile. Ryan Smile. You notice this? Good frog splashes, though. Holy shit. Oh, and a swanton. Dash Chisako. We are digging deep into the depths of the indie wrestling circuit right now. (laughs) Chet Sterling. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Awesome. Chet. Sin Cara. Okay. Oh, he like pressed. That was awful. That was terrible. And this is why you don't wrestle. La Rosa Negra. Nice. That might have been the best female frog splash I've seen so yeah. far. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Does she like those like a split in a, the air? Yep. Yeah. Damn. Nice, pin, nice cover. <laughs> okay. So, who's your winner? Well, that was... Um, well, fam, you can go ahead and stop the video or pause the video. Well... My winner has to be Ruby Riot, dude. You know, you know how it goes with me. Honestly, man, I no. think. Honestly, I think. I honestly, honestly, for me, my favorite frog splash has always, always, always been D'Lo Brown's lowdown. Now, if you talk just a traditional frog splash, for me, it has to go with RVD. RVD. In his prime, yes. And honestly, man, I love KO's Frog Splash, dude. Dude, me too. So if I had to put them in order, I would put D'Lo, RVD, KO, Eddie, Ruby, 
After would you seeing, stop? After seeing Tanahashi, I would say Tanahashi and then Leo. I was a fan. I, I don't, I'm not as big a fan of Leo's just because of his size. I don't like. I don't believe the move as much. I, I honorable mention to Willie Max Frog Splash for me, but it's got to be KO RVD one two Eddie honorable mention. Hmm. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed watching that. Sound off on Twitter, fam. Tell us what yeah. you think. Let us know what you thought about that. Wade, uh, please let us know if you enjoyed this awesome segment as we journey through the depths of the indies and watch people we never heard of do frog splashes, but we did get to critique oh. them all. We got to look up and see that guy's being massive. Uh, I think it's that time of night because now we're starting to lose Doc's audio and Doc's and uh, camera is also freezing. So. Well, I'm on Wikipedia. So on that note, Doc, that's all the time we have for today. Yeah, I'm done, man. That was I got. The, I got, I got the, it was a good show. That I got a big gig tomorrow for good talk. Time for me to go to sleep. Good talk. I enjoy always talking wrestling with you. Always. You're my best wrestling friend. You're man. my. Do we just become best friends, bro? Are we a faction? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Fam, if this was your first time tuning in, thank you for listening to episode 44, the season finale of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Uh, if you want to show your support for the show, please do so by following us on all social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Fourth Wallcast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. And if you haven't already, please follow Wrestle Addict Radio on Twitter at addict underscore wrestle and on Instagram at WrestleAddictRadio. Please show even more support by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio, where for as low as $5 a month, you will receive a Google of rewards, merchandise discounts, exclusive access to our GroupMe Patreon chat, and exclusive content from all the WrestleAddictRadio personalities. Wrestle, um, I'm sorry, Fourth Wall WrestleCast will produce for you Sunday Night Aftermath, Kayfabe Classics, Smarky Singles Run, and so much more. That's patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio for your fill of Kayfabe consumption. And please don't forget to cast your votes for the WrestleHub Wrestling Podcast Awards. Follow the link in the description below or you'll, or you'll find it on our social media. Please be sure to nominate us for the following awards. Trio of the Year. Best Branded, Best Comedy, because we are pretty funny, guys. Most Informative and Newcomer <laughs> of the Year. So please, WrestleHub Wrestling Podcast Awards are up and running. Please show your support, show your love, and please nominate the 4th Wall WrestleCast. This could only mean bigger things for the show, which in turn is bigger things for the fans. So if you've enjoyed this entire 4th Wall experience... Please be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, subscribe, join the Patreon, and vote for the Wrestling Podcast Awards and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. And Doc, why are we here? We're here to keep wrestling real, baby. That's right, baby. So, fam, goodbye and good night.
not going anywhere until I find out. Well, you're going somewhere because you sound like you're under uh, underwater right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, fucking a, bro. Wait, wait to fuck up the ending of the show. You know, Wade's gonna be pretty upset, man. Wade wanted a big ending, and then your your audio got all fucked up. Hashtag, what was the name? Hashtag Wade cares. What was whose name? Oh, the guy that looks like Dave Mastiff. That was uh, Jonah Rock. That's not him. So all that hype, and it wasn't even him. Jonah what? Jonah Rock? Yeah, Rock. it wasn't him, man. All that hype, man. All that hype. Well, now that if, we, now if I Google him, now do I see a close-up of him. You can tell it's not they matched it, but from far away with the hair. It looked like him in the beard. It did. Yeah, it could look with the beard. It definitely looked like him. Yeah. And I don't I don't know anything about him outside of his time in NXT UK. Anyway, now everybody can stop listening. Good night. I'm going to go say hello one more time to Matt Rill and RVD. Bro. To Maddie and Robin. Me too. I will catch you later, man. All right, brother, man. Brother Doc, thanks again, bro. Of course, brother. Too sweet me. Too sweet me, bro. I already did. I was there first. I'm sweeter than you. I'll Please. catch you later, man. Peace. Peace.